Welcome back to So Every Soul Sings, Worship for the Real Church. Have rehearsals ever been excruciating? <laughs> you mean like in the real church? Like yeah. We're going to get real, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. We've talked about vulnerability. We've talked about transparency. We've uh-huh. talked about serving each other. Uh-huh. Have you ever been in a rehearsal where the singers were divas? Or the drummer, (laughs) or the sound guy, or anybody, or several of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or the sound people felt yelled at. Right. Mm -hmm. Or demanded to. Maybe that's a better word. Yep. And so rehearsals, when you got to the end, everybody was just ready to get out of there. Yeah. And get away from all of those people. Yeah. You know, this isn't a part of the planned content, but I think of the one church movement locally here that Sean um, and Crystal Cummings have been leading and and that Bethany is a big part of and I'm a minuscule part of. Um, (laughs) It's amazing that it never has that dynamic, even though these are sometimes a couple of dozen extraordinarily gifted individuals. Um, It never feels like, oh man, I can't wait till that person's done or leaves or I hope they don't come in. I mean, there's just none of that, which is really extraordinary um, and unusual in churches. And it just shouldn't be. And I don't think it has to be. Uh, I understand that, you know, before Satan was Satan, he was the music leader. And so we do have a great temptation towards pride and making ourselves more important than others and kind of walking into rehearsal and out of rehearsal feeling that way, et cetera. And like, I'm on the team, but I'm really better than the team or Mm -hmm. I'm sorry the team can't keep up with me or if that person could only get their act together. You know, I understand that all of that is temptation for us, but I do think there are some ways that we can combat it so that we can all feel like we're a part of one team. And that's what I'd like us to talk about today. How, How can we be... How can we have unity in a way that makes our music better and our worship leading better and the worship gathering better and ultimately so every soul sings? You know, it's hard. A divided leadership team is not going to lead a united church. And so if we're going to lead the church to sing as with one voice, then we've got to lead as with one voice. Mm. And so we are not the bodies of Christ. That's right. We are the body. First Corinthians 12 says you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And so it doesn't consist of one member, but many. The foot can't say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong. Yeah, the foot what? The foot what? The foot can't say. (laughs) Not the foot shouldn't say. And not the the foot should stop saying. That's right. It just can't. Cannot. If you're aware of your reality, then, then you are aware of the fact that you cannot say that I'm not a part. Or that that other person is not a part. Because in the next verse, it goes and says the other direction, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't mm -hmm. belong. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole band were the sound tech, then who would play guitar? Exactly. It is incredibly transferable. I'm sorry to step on scripture. I didn't mean to talk while you were reading the Bible. (laughs) That feels very unsacred to me. (laughs) Um, But it is very clearly an application of that passage that when you understand the reality of what you're called to do, you can't behave outside of that reality. Now, you know, we sometimes pull off the impossible. 
in a bad way, and we shouldn't. <laughs> but I think there are some ways, especially as a leader, that you can really move towards at least week by week, even if you have different people serving, you can have one team. Um, so the title of this particular episode is One Team, One Pew. <laughs> so this is a practical thing that you do, but it, it also is a, an embodiment of a principle. Yeah, what's the principle? The principle is that we are one team, not anybody is important, more important than anyone else, and that we must function together. Yeah. And we are on the same ground at the foot of the cross, recipients of grace, mm -hmm. givers of grace, yep. who operate with grace. Yes, uh, we are um, one team. We we are not the tech team and the band team and the vocals team. We are one team. It's not the choir or the orchestra or whatever. It's not, it's not even, in our context, we have two different venues. So it's not the sanctuary team or the cafe team. We are one team. Like, this is what we do. And the more unity we have, the more unity the church will reflect. And so it is quite important, I think, to have uh, a sense that we're all on the same team. In fact, I, it's so important. I, I used in, in preparing for this this particular episode, I used the word require, mm -hmm. and I wrestled with that for a long time because I don't require a lot. I, I'm a high expectation but high grace guy, so I want to set the bar very high, and then people who aren't ready to get there yet, I'm just going to give them grace and space until they can get there. But I really do require this. At the end of every rehearsal, every week, the whole team, the, the instrumentalists, the vocalists, the technicians, all of us sit on the front row right after the rehearsal. And it's, it's pretty common for somebody, usually somebody who's coming from the back of the room, so somebody from the tech team, mm -hmm. to sit in the second row or the third row. And I'll just say, come on, we can all fit. And sometimes <laughs> we'll get 15 people on one row that's designed for eight, but we squeeze in. Uh, we'll have guests who regularly sing or play or do tech with us. And so they, you know, they're always like, I don't want to intrude. I don't want to be, no, we're one team. Mm -hmm. And so I really do require and, and it's, it probably freaks some people out. Um, <laughs> what? I have to sit that close to that person? Well, yeah. I mean, if you can't let your shoulder touch their shoulder, you probably shouldn't let your spirit entwine with their spirit in a spiritual act of worship. So let's just get over that awkwardness and really have a sense that we are one team leading one service, one congregation to give glory to one God. And I, I think it's just essential that we have unity at that level. And by the way, we have to fight like the Dickens for it. Mm -hmm. Unity is not our disposition. Unity is, uh, it's hard. It's hard because people are different. They have different opinions. They have different shampoos. Um, they have different showering patterns. Um, <laughs> they, have, they have different habits. They uh, Preferences. Um, yeah, all of that just makes it hard. And so... We have to pursue unity. And unity is not the goal. Mm. It's the means to yeah. the end of transformation. Jesus talks about unity between the Trinity. Right. And then about unity in the body in John chapter 17. Yeah. And he says, when you are one, as the Father and I are one, then the world will know that the Father sent me. My goodness, what an incredible charge as the Father and I are one. I mean, that the Trinity is indistinguishable at times and very distinguishable at times. 
but they have incredible unity. Mm -hmm. And to think that we're supposed to have the same level of unity and that Jesus said when, like that's yeah. possible. Exactly. He's not calling us to the impossible, except maybe apart from him impossible, but certainly not impossible with him. Um, he's calling us to that level of unity. It's hard to do that globally. It's hard to do that as a whole church. It's hard to do that as a whole worship ministry. Certainly, certainly, certainly we can do it as a team for a Sunday, you know, to, to pursue it at that level. And maybe the more we pursue it at that micro level, the more possibilities it opens up at a more macro level. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I feel like we have seen that in our community over the past mm. few years of doing one church events together, of right. doing Worship Kentucky together, of doing the Relay Worship Conference together with different ministries and different groups of people. Mm -hmm. It really does. It opens up people's eyes to the glory and the beauty of the Trinity. Yeah. Yes. I love when we get to live out the characteristics of God. You know, we are made in his image. So if we're image bearers of Christ, then we ought to be able to live out the image that's already on us. Um, of course, there are a lot of obstacles. We have an enemy. We are sinful, broken people that are um, that need redemption but we've also been redeemed and so there is that whole we have been redeemed and we are being redeemed and someday we will be fully redeemed <laughs> there is that process and that tension but the hope is that if you look back depending on how old you are if you look back two or three years or five or seven years or 10 or 15 years or 30 or 40 years you can say my goodness I see so much more evidence now of Christ likeness in me than I did then, then yeah, we absolutely have the potential to have that kind of unity on our team. And the Trinity doesn't all do the same role. That's right. God the Father did not die on the cross. Yeah. Only Jesus could do that. Right. And, and Jesus cannot physically be with us, all of us, mm -hmm. because he has a body. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit is the only one that can do that. And Jesus said, that's why Jesus, one of the reasons that Jesus said it would be better for me to go because mm -hmm. then I can send the spirit. Wow. Jesus humbled himself to the role of the spirit in our lives. That's just mind blowing. And he was excited about yeah. it. He was like, no, you don't want me to stay. Like, yeah. trust me, just trust me in this. You want me to go away because when I go, then the comforter is going to come. Right. The advocate. And if the Jesus, guide. if Jesus can do that, why can't we? Like, why can't we humble ourselves and be excited about somebody else's opportunity, somebody else's role mm -hmm. um, in and every direction? Them. And Yeah, and cheer them on. Yeah. yeah, when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. But one part rejoices, we all rejoice um, from 1 Corinthians. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and God the Father celebrate. thundered from heaven when Jesus was baptized yeah. to tell everybody how proud he was of his beloved son, yep. who hadn't actually done any ministry yet right. at that point. Nobody had been healed. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, nobody had been saved. The cross hadn't happened. Mm -mm. But uh, and, look at and, him. This is my yeah, beloved yeah. son. I love Listen him so to much. Him. Listen yes. to him. Yeah, that was in the passage we just read last night in prayer meeting. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit's favorite thing to do is glorify Jesus. Like it's right. his favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't happen by accident. We've said that in previous episodes. This <laughs> yeah. is not something that we drift towards. Nope. Uh, you have to work hard, and so this is. You have to be intentional. I have to be intentional. Um, we do a bunch of things in that direction. I, I can't remember them all, so I'm just going to share a couple. But one of them that I do regularly that, that uh, at least our tech crew finds really helpful, when we're on the platform and we're doing the sound check, 
almost every week I will say, hey, sound guy, I'll call him by name. I won't call him sound guy. Uh, hey, hey, Timmy or hey, Brock or hey, Alex or whomever. Um, is there anything you need from us? Because that's not the disposition that most of us walk into sound checks with. It's like, this is what I need from you. Yeah, well, let's turn that kingdom upside down again like Jesus did. And let's just make sure we remember the people on the platform can ask the people in the booth what they need from us, not just keep asking for what we need from them. You mean they can serve them? Yes, absolutely. We serve each other. It is, um, we are on level ground. We are in a circle. We are all the same. And so by all means, we want to ask for what we need and we want to give what is needed. And you can't be afraid either side. You know, if, if the tech guy needs something from the platform guy or if the platform gal needs something from the tech gal, then, then we just have to ask and we have to be willing to offer. And the more we offer, the easier it is to have a sense of unity, um, which also means that we can have community um, and also means that we can have intimacy. I mean, just all of those things are wrapped up together in some pretty beautiful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I try to do is I try to find ways to appreciate people the way they want to be appreciated. Uh, if I say to a person, like, like we have one of our pianists, and I won't say her name because she would kill me, which is part <laughs> of the illustration. If I were to say to one of our pianists in front of the whole church, thank you so much for the way that you serve and the way that you play. It just inspires me and encourages me, But which by the way, all of which would be true. Mm-hmm. That pianist would first crawl under the piano and then quit. (laughs) And I would never have them play again. And that would make me sad because public praise is not the way she feels appreciated. In fact, it's a way she feels kind of violated. Mm. And so for me to discern the way that people feel affirmed, experience um, value, uh, I've, I've uh, come across, uh, actually my pastor had me read this book called Tribal Church by a guy named Steve Stroop, who is uh, just stepping out of his role as founding pastor, I believe, at Lake Point Church in Texas. And some of you guys locally will know Josh Howerton. Josh has joined that teaching team and will be the senior pastor or may by now already be. Steve wrote a book called Tribal Church and in it well, he talked about t- 10 different ways people can um, experience affirmation that don't have anything to do with a paycheck. So whether you're a volunteer or you're paid, these are ways that you can feel affirmed, appreciated, valued. Uh, They level the playing ground. And so I'm just going to go through them really quickly. There's public praise, the thing that that pianist would hate. There's private praise. By the way, I wrote that same person a thank you note. I also wrote one to their spouse and said, thank you for sharing your spouse with us for several hours a week (laughs) when they play. Um, private praise. I don't do that nearly enough. I want to get better at that. Another one is access. If, if that person feels like I'm, as a leader, I'm unavailable, then that person feels like they don't matter. And for some of us, we don't even think about that. But access is really a way that people feel valued. Mm-hmm. Input. It's kind of a cousin to access. Uh, I want to invite input from everybody. I want to ask the sound guy, hey, how did the flute solo sound? And I want to ask the guitar player, hey, how are your in-ear monitors working? I mean, we're asking for input from everybody. And and especially the bigger the decision, people want to have a a role to play in that. Another one is added responsibility. This one has really surprised me because most of our workforce feels overwhelmed. Mm. But there are a lot of people who will say, you know, if you'll ask me to do a little bit more, I'll feel like you really value me. Mm -hmm. Well, that kind of makes sense. But also we're very hesitant. Many of us as leaders are hesitant to delegate because we don't want to give people more. 
But we may be robbing them of the very thing that makes them feel valued by not asking them to do things. So um, I'll go on significance. I love sharing stories of significance, but not everybody gets that. But the people that do need those stories, they really need to hear those stories. We've had a couple of people in the services here at Woodburn since I've been here who have, um, the Holy Spirit has saved them during the singing time. Mm. So like the first one was a, a six, uh, eight-year-old boy. Uh, we were singing a song. Uh, it was How Great Thou Art. Um, it was the new song chart of that hymn, which I love so much. And we got to the hymn about Jesus dying for that little boy, and he just started bawling, and his dad thought he was sick and said, do I need to take you out? And the little boy's like, no, don't take me away from this, you know, because God just in that moment saved him. Well, that story has been told a hundred times in this church. I mean, we need to know that the things we do are significant. Um, empowerment. Uh, a lot of people feel micromanaged. This is the opposite. This is empowering them. And so if you have a key leader, uh, empower them. Tell them the result you want and then trust them to get it done. Check in with them. Be responsible, but empower them. Adequate resources. Uh, this is a big deal for a lot of folks, especially in tech ministry in our church. They want to be able to feel like they have the tools. And so part of my job is to go to bat to get them the right tools. Perks or bonuses. Uh, we just did our giant Christmas thing. We had six people on a leadership team. All of them got a gift card that was enough for them to take somebody to a, a local restaurant. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you. Many of those people spent dozens of hours, some of them hundreds of hours, in work as a volunteer. And so a perk or a bonus. And then knowledge. For a lot of people, they like to learn. And if I can say, hey, check out this blog, or I saw this article, or listen to the So Every Soul Sings podcast. Yes, it's a great resource. <laughs> yeah. uh, any of those things, they feel like they're valued. And so I actually have a form. It's called a non-financial compensation form. It's a really sexy name, I know. So I hand that out to core volunteers, key leaders, not people who serve every once in a while, but people who are regularly a part of our ministry. And I say, will you tell me your number one and number two? And then I'll try to find a way to meet those needs so that those people feel appreciated the way that they feel appreciated. Do you think this is like love languages? I do. In the sense that some people may not be able to rapidly identify how they receive best, <laughs> yeah. but if you can yeah. help them by saying, what do you do right. to show appreciation to other people yes. the most easily or readily? Yeah. It might help them pick. Yeah, and I'm Mr. Epic. Like, I want everything all the time. So when my pastor <laughs> gave me that list, I went all of one them. through ten, yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. And he said, no, you have to narrow it down to three. I can't oh, narrow three. it to three. Okay, that's good. So I was three, like, I don't okay. want to pick just one of these either. Yeah. Not that you were asking me. So but. then I had to go through the excruciating process, and it took me like an hour. It was forever. Uh, and I started with, like, if I had to leave one out, what would I leave out? And if I had, okay, and I got nine now, so I know what number 10 is. If I had to leave one out now, what it would, and I, I got to where I could say, okay, and I, I, I ordered them one through 10, because I do want them all. I, I'm, just, I'm just greedy that way. I love way. that you're honest. I, I, well, <laughs> some people don't. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's helpful to be able to say these are the things that really matter. Because mm -hmm. if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. Mm -hmm. So this somehow leads all the way back to being one team. And that is because if people feel unappreciated, they won't feel like part of the team. Mm -hmm. If they don't feel like they're valued, they're not going to feel like they're part of the team. And so it's really incumbent upon the leader to find the ways that people feel valued and then value them that way. 
So if I have seven people on a team, they may, none of the seven might have the same top choice. And for me to choose one means I've left out six. Mm-hmm. But as a, as a, when I am effective in my leadership, and I would say it's not all that often, but when I am effective in my leadership, I'm able to say things in ways that all seven of those people can hear. It's about being a good teacher. It's about being a good leader. It's about being a good encourager, a good appreciator, um, about being a good pastor. Mm-hmm. And, and every leader, whether you're the pastor or not, every leader in a church setting is pastoring people. And so it's just about being a good, it's about caring for the sheep. And so the more people feel cared for, the less they will fight for feeling cared for. And it, it just serves to, to level the ground. So find ways, find ways would, to pursue unity. Go. About public or private praise, I would just yeah. add, make sure it's sincere and not flattery. Yes. Because you could just come up with oh. a whole bunch of good sounding stuff to tell people. Flattery is damaging. Yes. It's incredible. It's just cruel. Just, if you don't believe it, watch the opening episode of American Idol. Ugh. Somebody told that guy he could sing. <laughs> they flattered him. Terrible. It was not true. <laughs> and that's what flattery does. Flattery says something that isn't true in a way that sounds true. And that just doesn't help. It doesn't help anybody. So yeah, it's gross. Don't do it. Access is good, but you need to have good personal boundaries. Boundaries, yeah. For your family's sake yes. when you're in ministry. Yes. That We could do a whole podcast about oh, that. Oh, and we may someday. Let us I know if you want it. us to do a whole podcast about that. Yeah, leave a comment. Um, input, if you have to make opportunities for people to actually give you input, because mm-hmm. most people are not going to come up and right. just give you input. Now, some people yeah. will. Right. You know, There are those, those sorts of people that they're just going to give you input yes. every single week. Yeah. Input is really interesting, too, because if somebody gives you input and then you don't choose what their input was, they can feel like you haven't considered them. So two things about that. The first is listen really well. So when they're giving you input, make sure that they know they've been heard in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, if you choose to go a different direction, and this is more true or more relevant perhaps on a big decision than it is a little decision. Um, If it's big to them, by the way, it's a big decision. Mm -hmm. So if you sense that this is a big deal to them and you choose to go a different route, which is the leaders, you know, if I have nine people say go one way and one person go another way and the one person is the loudest and the most passionate and I go with the nine, then I don't want to alienate the one. So I might go back and say, you know, I am so grateful for your input. I just want to let you know, I got a whole lot of people who said to go a different direction. So we're going to go that route, but it doesn't, I don't want you to think that I don't care about what you said. And that, that just takes a lot of time and intentionality, but input is tricky. And so you have to manage that carefully, lovingly. Yes. If I love that one person, enough, I will go back to that one person and give them that feedback about their input. Um, And that's hard, man, we're busy. And it's just hard to care that much, but you have to demonstrate you care that way. Any of the others? Mm -hmm. Added responsibility and empowerment, I Uh find are very similar, maybe not exactly the same thing, but very similar. And I think those are the most important for young people. Mm. 
Yeah. Because they often feel like coming into a team of older adults that they don't have anything to offer or they do not, they're not empowered to have authority over whatever that position is right. that they have. Absolutely. And that can be life changing yeah. for that person to yeah. have that responsibility or to be empowered in whatever that responsibility right. is. I, in my life, was a recipient of that when I became a worship leader when I was 19. Mm -hmm. And my pastor really empowered me in yep. that role yep. and did not micromanage me, but he made sure I was trained, that I had the resources I needed, mm -hmm. and I was empowered in that role to be a leader and to pastor my team, starting at the age of 19. Yeah, so if you're the 19-year-old in your story, whether you're 19 or not, and somebody hasn't yet empowered you, share this podcast and then talk about it openly. Be vulnerable. Um, if you're the person who is holding on and you don't want to give away stuff to a 19-year-old, um, ask God to guide you through that process. Because it may be that you're not supposed to. It may also be that you're supposed to and you're not willing to. So invite the voice of the Father into that um, decision and just... Recognize the fact that you may be holding on to something you shouldn't be, and you may be holding on to something that you should be. So use discernment. Trust the Spirit's leadership. Give stuff away. Anything else? Well, Jesus is our model. And Michael Card has a beautiful song about Jesus' model of that leadership, servant leadership style yeah. when he washed his disciples' feet. I won't read the whole thing. It's, it's a song called The Basin and the Towel. Um, it says here, Our Savior servant must show us how, through the will of the water and the tenderness of the towel, the space between ourselves sometimes is more than the distance between the stars. By the fragile bridge of the servant's bow, we take up the basin and the towel. And the call is to community, the impoverished power that sets the soul free, in humility to take the vow, that day after day, we must take up the basin and the towel. That sets the soul free. And that's why we're here. Free souls sing. <laughs> yes, Right? Do. And we want to do what we do. We want you to do what you do. Uh, we want you to build, help us build a tribe of people who will set souls free so that every soul sings. And so much of that comes from a sense of trust and unity and connectedness and so yeah I, I just really hope this serves you and your journey if it does leave a comment share the podcast let somebody know together you and bethany and me can build a tribe a whole tribe of people who are willing to who have a want to who are inspired to serve so every soul sings.